Tan quam nihil habentes et omnia possidentes. As having nothing and possessing all things. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We celebrate today the third of Saints' Day in this month of November. The first was on November 1st, All Saints' Day. The second was All Saints of Ireland on November 6th. And today, All Saints of the Benedictine Order, or as it is also called, the Feast of All Monks. The Collect of today's Mass had us pray. Grant we beseech thee, O Lord, that the example of the holy monks we, sons of St. Benedict, keep in mind and constantly rememorate our forefathers and foremothers. The saints of old are actual and present in our here and now, not only because we celebrate their feasts, but also because we strive to become familiar with their writings. And in their writings we discover something of the particular grace of each saint. And we go on to pray that the example of the holy monks may stir us to a better life. Not only do we look at the saints, and I want to say look into the saints, because the sacred liturgy gives us always a window into the souls of the saints. The liturgy allows us to see the saints as God sees them. And this looking upon the saints and looking into the saints leads us to imitation of the saints. A monastery is a school of holiness. And then we come to the punchline of the collect. That so we may imitate the actions of those whose solemnity we celebrate. To imitate the actions of the saints is to put our feet in their footsteps. It is not enough simply to assimilate the doctrine of the saints, not enough to know the story of their lives, not enough to even frequent the writings of the saints. This Familiarity with the saints necessarily moves us to imitate the saints. This imitation of the saints is spelled out for us in the epistle of today's Mass. And there's an extraordinary little thing. St. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, uses the first-person plural. He doesn't say I in this epistle, 
He says we. And it is this little detail, the first person plural, that makes this epistle so well suited to today's feast. And the Apostle says, Brethren, in all things let us exhibit ourselves, show ourselves to be, in other words, the ministers of God, Dei Ministros. Now, this little phrase, ministers of God, in fact means those who carry out the divine service, those charged with divine worship. Let us exhibit ourselves as the ministers of God, that is, as men who put nothing before the work of God. In much patience, in tribulation, in necessities, in distresses, in strifes, in prisons, in seditions, reading this epistle, how can we not think of the lives of the Benedictine martyrs of Spain, of the Spanish Civil War? We were all deeply moved by the account of those, most of them very young monks. One of them was only into the, what was it, the second week of his solemn profession uh, when he was. Uh, imprisoned and shortly thereafter executed. In seditions, in labors, in watchings. Watchings refers to the monastic practice of keeping vigil in the night. In fastings, St. Benedict says in chapter 4 of the Holy Rule that we are to love fasting. And in chastity, St. Benedict says again in chapter 4 of the Holy Rule, Two words to love chastity because it is a beautiful, a joyful thing. And in knowledge, in long suffering, in sweetness. Again, here, in sweetness, in suavitate, we have an expression that occurs in the prologue of the Holy Rule. In the Holy Ghost. In Spiritus Sancto, in charity unfeigned. Again, we come to chapter 4, the instruments of good works, uh, that our charity is not to be simulated, not to be false, but is to be true. In the word of truth, in the power of God, by the armor of justice on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report. Do you know, as we read the annals of monastic holiness, all throughout the history of the Church, all of these things occur. This is a, a it's a kind of a masterful um, overview, a panoramic view of monastic holiness through the ages. As deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet known, as dying and behold we live, as chastised and not killed, as sorrowful 
yet always rejoicing. This, of course, relates to that gospel that we read on November 1st, All Saints' Day, the Gospel of the Beatitudes. And Saint Jerome says that it is for prelates to preach and for monks to weep. But our place is to, to weep, to weep first of all over ourselves, and then to weep over all that afflicts the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the Church. But not to weep as those who have no hope, not to weep in a despairing way, but it is a kind of joyful weeping, uh, a sorrow shot through with an irrepressible hope in the triumph of grace. And for this reason, the Apostle says, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as needy, God knows we are needy, yet enriching many. This is our experience. Our monastery is a study in poverty of all sorts. Poverty, infirmity, weakness, all of these things. And yet, mysteriously, God uses these things to enrich many as having nothing and possessing all things. We have nothing and yet we possess all things because, as St. John of the Cross put it, we belong to Christ and Christ to God. And in Christ Jesus we have all things. Looking at the rest of the Mass, the Beatitudes uh, that we did not hear in the Gospel are given us in the Communion Antiphon. I explained this principle the other day, that sometimes uh, the Church has an embarrassment of riches, so much from which to choose. And so today we have the very same Gospel that we so often hear in the votive Mass of our Father St. Benedict. Uh, today, uh, that Gospel is applied to all Benedictine saints, but uh, the Holy Ghost inspires the Church also to give us in the Communion Antiphon the Beatitudes. Double richness in today's Mass. Uh, much more could be said about this wonderful feast, uh, but these things are perhaps discovered in silence and in the secret of the heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.